0: Surprise, Part two. Told you it was coming. There still may be more. Next on Principles and Policies. Welcome to today's edition of Principles and Policies. I'm your host, Barry Sheets, the Executive Director of the Institute for Principled Policy. And along with me today is our co-host, the Vice Chairman of the Institute, my fellow analyst and very good friend, Chuck
1: Morris. I'm always glad to be back with you here, Barry, even though last week we were talking about how beautiful it was and warm. And, and one week and one day later, eight days later, Because we're recording this on the fifteenth of October of twenty twenty for the seventeenth of October show, right? right. It's a little gloomier, and uh,
0: we have some rain that's about to come in, and the temperature's not quite—it's not eighty; it's somewhere in the low sixties. Yeah, but it's still beautiful out there, Chuck. You've got all these beautiful red and yellow and orange and brown leaves that are dropping on this beautiful green grass and you know the sky's got all those layers in it from you know how you know that weird looking yes,
1: grayish blue that it gets right before a storm there's nothing like the fall that oh, it's you can, you can see a fall cloud pattern and you, you can, know it and you, you know, it's, you a know it's, a, it's a fall cloud immediately it's <laughs> it's a fall cloud pattern because i was driving the other day just before actually some rain moved in And I looked at it and I go, wow, that is so fall. You cannot mistake it. You don't see them like this in the summertime. You don't see them in the spring. Spring you get big puffy like uh, cottony clouds that are full of moisture In the fall, you get the high-level, spread-out, gray Cirrus clouds, yeah. yeah, That reflect the sunlight. It really is unique, and it's beautiful. And, yeah, out here, the beauty is we take the—I'm not like I'm in town anymore, where people are like, rake your leaves, rake your leaves. Out here, it's sort of like God put them there, let God take them away. Let God take them
0: away with the wind. That's right. (laughs) And you happen to live on a hill— at the higher slope of a hill so that mm. the wind will naturally blow them down the hill well, not up the hill. we have a little swale down
1: below <laughs> yeah. where we're sitting right now and we call it the bottom it goes <laughs> down to the bottom and it, yeah. that's what
0: that is where it goes that's perfectly fine and and you know this is gorgeous this is my time of year chuck you know i'm walking at you you know where you're saying oh it was gorgeous and dead and warm well i mean I know you do it, it like figured, it. Figuratively speaking, it's still warm out there. I mean, we haven't lost the absence of heat. There is no absence of heat out there. It's just uh, our perspective has changed a little bit on what warm looks like. Well, that's true. I mean, <laughs> Maybe okay. if you roll the clock ahead three months and 63 degrees would feel very warm. I was going to say, right
1: now, 50 degrees seems cold in January in the middle of January 50 degrees is going to seem like a heat wave.
0: It feel like feel like late spring. Yeah, right. exactly. It's it's all
1: a matter of perspective and it's how it feels on your skin. I can yeah. remember every like most years I go to Florida in February to see my mom and celebrate her birthday. And uh, we'll go to Orlando. Mm-hmm. Well, it's 85 degrees down there. Wow, it feels like boiling hot. It
0: feels like you're in a, in, a, in an oven. Yeah. yeah. It's it's and just not good. To, Honestly, for me, anytime it gets eighty-five here, I feel like a minute. It's 90. it's hot,
1: yeah. When I was in England about ten, eleven years ago, my father-in-law and I were on the tube, uh-huh. and what are they doing? They're putting out this big announcement. Make sure you get in the shade and and have sunscreen and and take plenty of water and take all these precautions because it's going to be twenty-six degrees centigrade. Well, I did the calculation. I go, Joe, that's eighty-two. I said, that is essentially... A warm spring day. <laughs> that's a warm spring day in, in, in the Midwest. I said, that's just what we consider barely warm enough to go to the pool. <laughs>
0: that's right. That's right. That's that's the, we're looking to get the pool open weather.
1: <laughs> so it's all a matter of perspective. It's, uh, they don't just, they just, when they get a 90 degree day in England, it's like the end of the world because it just doesn't happen. But you can tell why by looking at a map. You look at a map, London is about the same parallel with Toronto
0: right exactly like in middle middle Canada
1: yeah so, so
0: yeah they, they their climate's a little bit on the colder damper clammier side yeah uh, uh, as opposed to ours which is what's the old saying about Ohio if you don't like the weather wait five minutes it'll change it'll change yeah because
1: yeah. we're we're in the middle of this isn't where we're going today by the way oh uh, yeah it we're, is. We're, Yes, it is we're in the <laughs> middle of where the, the weather patterns clash yes we get southeastern weather water that right. blow, uh, weather that blows up from the gulf uh-huh. meets weather that blows in from the northwest from canada and then yeah. we get it's a westerly we get a westerly breeze yeah this is why it can be 50 degrees in january one day and the next day it's eight below zero and we've got a blizzard
0: right yeah sometimes you get those what they call those alberta clippers that yeah. come through or you get uh well what we're experiencing right now we're not experiencing it so much but You've got hurricanes in the Gulf pushing up, and they drop up through land and create all kinds of interesting weather patterns. But, no, you said this wasn't where we're going to today. Al contraire, mon (laughs) frère. As as always. Because what you just said about the fact that we're here in the Midwest and we get these conflicting weather patterns that clash. The clash. What do you think politics is? Yeah, it's a conflicting weather pattern. It's two fronts full of hot air that clash on a regular basis. (laughs) That's
1: true. That is
0: true. (laughs) And, And honestly, Chuck, sometimes when they clash, you get violent disturbances. But sometimes when they clash, you just get minor changes. It goes like from one day, it'll go from 80 to go down to 65 the next day. Or it may go from 80 in the same afternoon to having a raging thunderstorm with 60 mile an hour winds and it goes back up to 80 again. You never can tell when those fronts get together just exactly what's going to come out of it. It's always a surprise. And we try to predict it as best as we possibly can using all the tools we have at our disposal. And oftentimes, well, let's put this way, Chuck. I don't think anybody is going to... if, If I told you you had to bet all the money in your wallet right now on the predictions of any three weather forecasters you wanted to pick, would you be willing to pull money out of your pocket? I would
1: not, and I'll tell you why. It's all based on modeling. Yes, it is. And modeling, it's a legitimate scientific function. The problem is that our understanding of the mechanisms is grossly imperfect. Right. Some people get arrogant and think that we understand uh, processes much better than we do. Right. And this, this is the argument in the climate change, the man-made climate change arguments. We Which think,
0: came up this week in hearings. We yes, talk about that. That's too. right.
1: People think that they understand how the mechanisms work well enough to make predictions about what's going to be happening. Now, I was telling my kids, I said, before you guys were born, I was having discussions with people on these these particular things. My oldest daughter was born in 1990. And we were talking about these things. And at the time, we have 10 years to save the planet. Right. And uh, and then it will be too late to make the changes necessary. And every time I look again, now remember, 1990 was 30 years ago. Yes, it was. And I look again, and it's 10 years. Well, somebody had it
0: down to eight.
1: And I said, so in 30 years, our 10 years has turned to eight years
0: that's the way it works so that means that okay so that's uh, 150 years later we might get to 10 years Now look there's no doubt that the the
1: earth has been warming since the last ice age i mean you can't you can't refute that but did man cause it and the answer is no
0: absolutely Uh, mass
1: extinctions in the past due to high co2 supposedly in the atmosphere i think that was concomitant it wasn't the cause but nonetheless man didn't cause that you're right what caused it volcanic activity, activity under the ocean, things going on in the environment. The fact is that the main contributor to global warming is now what it always has been, and that is the sun.
0: Oh, I thought it was flotulence. Oh,
1: that okay. Let's talk, just for a second, why is that a joke? It's a joke because... Because r- some scientists actually thought it was th- legitimate. That's right. <laughs> the plain states of America used to be covered... And I mean covered. In buffalo. And with buffalo or what, bison. Bison. We buffalo, call them buffalo. Yeah. They're not really. They're bison. And the bison are a ruminant animal. What does that mean? It means they have multiple stomachs. And
0: they, eat, and they eat grasses.
1: They eat grasses. And bacteria convert those grasses to protein.
0: And it produces a lot of gas.
1: And it produces a lot of methane and a lot of CO2 and a lot of other gases. So the earth should be dead already. But it's all because we're burning fossil fuels to heat our homes and create electricity and that kind of thing. It's nonsense because man is about a 3 to 6% contributor to the total CO2 output. What's the main contributor? Well, it's volcanic activity. <laughs> and there is nothing, 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 nothing that we can do about that. Zero.
0: Yep. You're right. There's not. But, okay, Chuck, all that you just described, what we talked about with the weather and scientific morning. In politics, we call that polling. Yes. Because polling is the same. We try to use these scientific tools to create models to predict behavior. But we can't control the behavior. We can't control... What what we try to do is we try to manipulate the data in order to make it sound like it's coming out our way. That's what we're seeing right now in politics. Um, as a matter of fact, Chuck, as you know, you and I have talked about this over the last, say, three to four weeks there have been a number of these polls that have come out on the presidential race. And almost to a poll, Chuck, they've been showing something that under normal circumstances should be creating massive red alerts and getting out the lifeboats because the Titanic is sinking kind of modes for Donald Trump's re-election campaign. It's showing Joe Biden with a fourteen point lead. Or a ten point lead. Or or an eight-point lead, depending on where you go to, what part of the country the poll is being taken in, what time frame it's being taken in, whether it's being taken right after Joe has a uh, you know, does a public appearance, you know, these limited public appearances that he does where he actually doesn't talk to the media, but the media then covers it for the next eight hours. Right. And then they do a poll or if they do a poll around you know the media spins that Donald Trump basically came out and you know uh, assaulted a, a poor elderly grandmother and kicked her uh, infant grandchild in the head which didn't happen but you wouldn't believe that from the media and then they run a poll you know to see how much you like Donald Trump I had to laugh about this because just the other day I was in a little place in in, in my hometown and we got to talking a little bit, and the one of the shopkeepers was there and she was she's all concerned about what's going on and and the poll these polls and everything else and so there was another couple people and myself we were all in there, and we were chatting about it and and I got to laughing, and I said, "Well, I said, first of all, what we're coming to find out is almost to a an item every last one of these polls that have been put out there that are showing these leads for Joe Biden." Have heavily oversampled Democrats in the polling. Now, the problem, Chuck, is, and, and it, it, this whole idea about confidence level and margin of error right, in polling. Now, right. those are things most people don't understand much about. And it's okay because, you know what, you got better things to do in your life like cut your grass than to worry about right. margin of error and, <laughs> and confidence level yeah. in polling. I think public confidence level in polling is about zero, but they're talking about scientifically what the level is that you can accurately predict that the responses they got were A, legitimate, B, accurate picture of what's going on or what was going on the days they took the poll, or C, not coerced. Well, there's such a thing called push polling, but we won't get into that, right, right. which does try to coerce a specific response out of people and is actually not, all it is is an opposition tactic to order to try to negatively impact your opponent, not really get an accurate picture of what's going on with people's thinking. But, so you get these polls out here, and to almost to an item, Chuck, every one of these polls have been showing Joe Biden with this massive lead, leading into the last 30 days of the election. But the problem is, is, that when you get the crosstabs and you start looking at the numbers, you start realizing that w- w- what a legitimate, honest, and ethical polling company would do, is that they would say, "Okay, we're polling in the Midwest." Let's say, well, we know in the Midwest we've got the demographics here. Of the Midwest, the, uh, we it, we yeah. we know that in the Midwest uh, there's about thirty-eight percent are registered Republicans. Forty two percent are registered Democrats, and then that leaves twenty percent that are independents. And so if you got ten people that you were polling, you'd want to poll three or four Republicans, because thirty eight percent that's almost four. You'd poll about four, maybe five Democrats, and you poll one to three independents per ten. Because that would be an accurate and fair representation of what the environment actually looks like as far as people's political leanings and affiliations go. But what we're finding from these polls is if you had this mix, what they would do is they would interview two Republicans, one independent, and seven Democrats. Right. Or they would find from the independents those who they, by asking them a couple of leading questions, whether they lean Democrat or Republican, and then they'd oversample the Democrat-leaning independent. There's a lot of ways to there's manipulate waiting. a poll. There's, there's a wading. lot. There's there's waiting. Well, there's one thing about waiting, and then there's the waiting it down to the bottom of the ocean. Yes, it, like some people do,
1: attaching a, a sinking ship to the uh, to the answer so that it goes.
0: Yeah, here's here's always been my measure, Chuck. First of all, if a confidence level is a is at 95 percent or below on a poll, ignore it completely it's worthless it's ninety seven to ninety eight percent and that's rare but that's those, very are gonna rare. Very, those are going to be your ver those are going to be your very accurate polls okay so the ninety five ninety six level that's the minimum standard um and then your margin of error that means okay maybe because that that margin of error is trying to adjust a little bit for maybe the sampling bias or the fact that when they asked the question maybe they put too much emphasis on a particular word yeah it, it it impacted the person in a particular way so they're trying to adjust for that and well usually, yeah it's a, it,
1: we, we can't teach us to a statistics, statistics class. class. Yes. Pardon me. I have, uh, you, you make that easy Stat- to say. Statistics. But the fact is that the confidence level and, and, the, and the margin, margin of error. error are tied.
0: They they are. They very much are. And the higher your confidence level, the, the, lower the your, smaller that the margin, smaller of the margin of error should of be. Should be. Yeah. But if you get like a 90, uh, 95 or lower percent confidence level and then you get a margin of error that's 4 or better... Like 4, 4.2, five. Junk poll. It's a complete junk poll. They're trying to pan it off as being a legitimate poll, but it's complete junk. What you want to see, honestly, is a margin of error below 3.2. Mm-hmm. When you get there, you know you've got a good poll. Okay? Now, can you work in that gray area in between those two ends in order to actually come up with some decent things to come out of the poll? Sure, you can. Absolutely. But that's not what we're seeing from Joe Biden. And I had to laugh as I'm talking to these people. I said, listen. I said, you've seen these polls, right? We know that they're oversampling Democrats in a number of these polls by upwards of 80% too much. Yeah. And what we saw was in the last 10 days, those poll this poll leads from 10 to 14 points are now four, 3 to 6 points. Right. With a 4-plus point margin of error. I said, what you're seeing is even when they skew the polling, Joe Biden isn't beyond the margin of error, which means he's not winning, right? He's not winning at all. Why is Trump feeling confident? Why did they pull a couple of million dollars of advertising money out of Ohio? <clears throat> because they've seen the polls, the internal polling.
1: Uh, this is the they, word I was trying to find last yes, week, if internal you polling, internal yeah. polling. It's the one that we couldn't come up with. Right. and You kept suggesting things, and I kept saying, God, that's
0: that's uh, if that's you that.
1: want to hear me dub-dub-dub-dub, uh, <laughs> go back to com and look at our archives, because that's the f- one that'll be up until this one posts, which <laughs> will be on Saturday. <laughs> but internal polling is showing that uh, Trump's got it in the bag here.
0: Uh, well, you know, and, and again, it's, it's much more than that. Um, again, right now, even with these polls coming out, you're starting to see... And this is part of what I call the October surprise. That's a surprise that if a campaign relies too much on polls that are taken in August yes. and September to set to to decide what they're going to do in, in October Can going you into say Hillary October, Clinton? Like Hillary Clinton believed. Yeah. They get their heads handed back to them on a platter. Um, that's part of the October surprise. Um, and if you're smart enough, you've got to realize something too, Chuck. Like you said... Most of these models, when you use that weather uh, analogy, or, yeah. or what you were saying was weather, I'm using as an analogy now. When you are looking at those models, they're based on predictions based upon the environment that everybody has come to accept as being legitimate. We're dealing with Donald J. Trump. It's clearly obvious that the vast majority of the political intelligentsia in this country have not learned a single lesson from the 2016 race. They're making the same category errors in 2020 with Joe Biden's chances as they made in 2016 with Hillary Clinton's because they believe it's a standard political race. Donald Trump's not making that mistake. He he and his internal handlers, and I know I've talked to some of them, understand what's going on here. This is a base race. Usually what happens in a election cycle for a big office you go through a primary that's your base race that's where you're trying to become the champion of the hardcore of your own party right because that's how you win you know your base is stronger than their base and you pick up riders along the side and you and you win your primary it's the old adage that they used to say around Richard Nixon you run to the right as hard as you can to get the nomination the and primary, then you yeah. run as hard as you can back to the middle to win the general election and that's been the, the historic norm and that's been the frustration that I know you and I have both had for decades we've watched it with over almost and over. every single Republican candidate for president. Going all the way back from Nixon to Ford to Reagan to George H.W. Bush to George W. W. Bush to to John McCain to Mitt Mitt Romney, Romney. it ended with Donald Trump because he doesn't play the standard ballpark political game that everybody else assumes that he's supposed to play and will have to play if he wants to play. Have you ever read any of Donald Trump's books? Yeah, yeah, I have. A long time ago, yeah. Did you ever get the feel that he just doesn't accept that somebody else gets to tell him how to play a game? Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's the thing they're all missing. They hate him so much they won't read his books. Yeah. Chuck, if you ever read any of Donald Trump's books, and I don't care if it's just his autobiographies or biographies or if it's his business, you know, series, the one he wrote with Robert Kiyosawa, um the, the we want you to be rich, read that book. Oh my god. Trump let's he's not this guy is about as transparent as you possibly get. I mean, think about his Twitter feed, right? Well, that's true. He's yeah. about as he's about as raw as you can possibly get. He's basically told everybody since he was a young man what his business philosophy is. They should have learned something by now. They're still not learning it, Chuck. And it's fun to watch because I sit here and see the Biden camp and the DNC and all their hangers on from Hillary Clinton to Bill Clinton to the um, Hollywood elites to um, the Michael Moores and the Rob Reiners and everybody else in this world. They're apoplectic about Trump because it doesn't seem like anything they do gets to him.
1: Yeah, exactly. All
0: the stuff that works on a Jeb Bush or, a, or or a George H. W. or a George Bush or a Mitt, Mitt Romney, Romney or a John McCain or anybody or John else Kasich. who or John Kasich or anybody else, and, and honestly, I'll throw in Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio and the entire lot of every other Republican that ran in 2016 in the primary. Yeah, these guys would have all folded like a bad hand of cards with with a pair. Deuces, knowing that the guy across from him sitting there with an ace high, you know, they're going to fold like a cheap hand of cards. Donald Trump just looks at him and says, "Well, we're going to change change the rules of this game here, because now I'm going to say that deuces are high and aces are low." Yeah, and he can get away with it. Well, he's president; he can get away with it. But when it gets right down to it, Chuck, Trump's never played the game by anybody else's rules but his own. He's playing the presidency, not by the rules. Right. Of, the reason why so many people got upset at him about the first debate with Joe Biden was, he. what was the argument? He didn't look presidential. presidential. <laughs> no, he looked, like, he looked like a cage fighter who realized that this was an all or nothing. One person comes out of the cage match, and he wasn't about to stand there and, let, and, and, not, and take punches and not give them back.
1: And I'll say, go back to our uh, principles uh, and policy show from, I think, two weeks ago. Uh, or maybe three, Three, three three weeks ago, and we talked
0: about this subject... At length. At length. At length. And explained it. Donald Trump's not playing by anybody's rules, which means that his campaign team understands what's going on, okay? They understand that instead of having a traditional debate where you have to run back to the center because your opponent is actually calling the shots on the issues and how the media is handling it, Donald Trump doesn't care about the media. He's basically got a large enough swath of the public distrusting the media to the the extent that if they came out and said the sun will rise in the east east and and set set in the the west, west, everybody would get up in the morning and look to the west for the sun to come up because they wouldn't believe the press. That's, That's part of playing this game. Trump has closed the fake gap in this polling. And... You know, we're seeing some analogous issues out there, Chuck. Rallies. Well, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris just did a rally. Did you notice that the media didn't show anything from inside the rally? They didn't have any pictures. They didn't have any crowd reactions. Well, I guess they couldn't because there wasn't a crowd. There was no one there. There wasn't a crowd. And folks, this wasn't a fakey Jake makeup thing that the Trump campaign put out. This actually happened. Biden and Harris are not exciting their base. Now, Chuck, you and I both knew this was going to happen. Matter of fact, we talked about how masterful Donald Trump was in getting Joe Biden to basically repudiate his own base that got him the nomination, which was the Bernie Sanders wing of the party and AOC's wing of the party. Threw him under the bus. How loud have they been supporting Biden here in the last two weeks? They've Not been at all. Absolutely dead, dead, silent. dead silent. Yeah.
1: A, a much better pick would have been Tulsi Gabbard, as we've stated numerous I, I'm still, times. I'm still holding
0: out hope that she'll switch parties back to the Republicans at some point. Okay. okay. I'm still holding out hope because I think she would make a gr- good VP candidate for a good Republican in the future. Maybe Don Jr. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> because I see that happening here sometime too. So what we've got here, Chuck, is polling is like weather forecasting. Don't weigh anything into it because it's completely inaccurate. And if you've got to remember, folks, and I've said this before on the program, so if you've heard this before, I apologize for sounding repetitive. And I apologize for sounding repetitive. But polling is a snapshot of what people felt like last week. Yeah. Now, we're in October, Chuck. Why do you think I let out with surprise Mm. once again? Because... In this kind of a high stakes, winner take, and I when I say the word all, I mean just about every thinking thing you can ever imagine. Winner takes it all with this one, Chuck. If Joe Biden wins, the Democratic Party, the Republican Party will be done,
1: essentially, because yeah.
0: they because they will be shattered, they will be split, they will be splintered. Donald Trump wins this election, the political left will be on life support. Yeah. And they probably will do the one thing that they shouldn't do, but they'll do it anyway because they've been proving that every time Donald Trump goads them, they do it. They will flail and squall and try to rip at the things that are trying to keep them alive and hurt themselves. Now, yeah. my take is, and this is part of that, part of that arg- the discussion I was having with these folks the other day, was that They're all wringing their hands about how bad it is and all these riots and everything that's going on. And it's like, yes, those are bad. Those really aren't a reflection of what we truly are as a people in this country. I say what those are are the reflections of a handful of puppet masters who want to foment such insurrection and rebellion and dissent that they can use the chaos in order to shift the politics into a way that they can control it permanently. The George Sauruses of the world, the Bill Gateses of the world, uh, a lot of the political big political handlers of the world, like your Nancy Pelosi's, Mark Zuckerberg, your Zuckerbergs, um, your your uh, who's the guy from Twitter, Jack uh, Dor- Dorsey. Dorsey,
1: Jack Dorsey, um, the
0: Google um, Sergey Brin and and those guys from yeah, Go- yeah from Google, um, they're all trying to basically create a hegemony. Uh, so that Republicans and conservatives can never, ever again and change, bother them politically. Yeah. Change okay. the
1: election law so that basically, um, and,
0: ch- and change the Constitution to get rid of the Electoral College yeah. because they want it all, so that they can control it and rig it. They want from here they, on out. They, want,
1: they want elections to be determined by the cities rather than the uh, rather than by the
0: overall nation. So, what have they tried to do, Chuck? they fomented all of this insurrection and rebellion. Okay, we know full well that there is big money behind antifa and blm and the fact that they've moved in and they've like taken over and they've rioted and they've destroyed property and they've done things in various areas and cities isn't by accident coincidence or just because some guy that none of them knew five minutes before they went on tv showing him uh you know being uh arrested by a cop in minneapolis and couldn't care let probably probably some of them would have been killing him themselves in in rage or whatever Not to say that it's right for anybody to kill anybody else, so don't get me wrong on that. But the point is that this this whole thing wasn't ginned up over that. That was called a flashpoint topic, okay? It was used as a way to start the process that these folks want to have happen, which is destabilize everything so you can't have a fair election, so that then at the end of the cycle, you get to basically puppet master pick your person into office, which... Doesn't look like it's going to happen now, Chuck. And as I've said to these folks, my first maxim of all politics, you've heard this so many times, Chuck. You know it. And I know it by heart. Okay. It is that the left will always outrun their cover. They will push too far, too fast, and it will invite a solid response back to them. I do believe now, Chuck, that as these October surprises are popping up, that people are going to the polling places early and voting. They're saying it's triple the amount of people who are physically showing up at the boards of elections and casting live ballots right now from the 30 days out till, till, ne- till election day, the day before election day. I, I don't believe this is what the left wanted. But what they got was, They've created their own end. They've tied the noose that's going to go around their own necks, figuratively. What they did was they woke up the apathetic voter who, in the 2016 election, couldn't quite bring themselves to vote for Donald Trump, wouldn't vote for Hillary Clinton or another Democrat if you paid them to, and undervoted or set out the election
1: or or voted third or
0: voted third party like you and And i did
1: yes
0: (laughs) we did Uh, i fully uh, admit it i'm not ashamed of it i'm not apologetic about it me either but donald trump has passed the smell test in four years absolutely okay now is he perfect has he completely done everything that everybody wanted him to do no did he when he kept his very first promise that he made when he got into office, he'd kept more promises than every other Republican president in our, in our lifetimes had ever kept going into office. You brought up a point I wanted to make. And that is the
1: fact that Donald Trump, the Republican Donald Trump will capture people who will vote for him, who would never in a million years,
0: vote Republican.
1: No vote for a Jeb Bush. Right. A John Kasich. Right. A Mitt Romney. Right. A John uh, McCain. A John McCain. None uh, of whom
0: I voted for, thank you very much. Well,
1: well, that's right. If you recall, both of us supported Ted Cruz yep. in, in the 2016 Republican primary. Primary, yep. And the fact is, Ted Cruz could not have done what Donald Trump has done. Not even remotely. Now, on the next round, four more years, Yes, I think Ted's learned some lessons from from what has gone on, from what I can see. He's more, I don't care what to say about me.
0: Right. He's basically got, he's, he's, he's started taking on that hard shell crust that Donald Trump walked into office with. Exactly. Donald didn't care what you said about him, but he knew you sure darn well cared about what he said about you. And so he said it a lot. And that's the reason why Marco Rubio's campaign went up in flames. That's right. Small hands. Remember that small hands, yeah. He knew Rubio was insecure about a number of things, and he just went right at him. Okay, folks, fair game. Okay, <laughs> small hands. Fair, I've forgotten. Fair that. game. Yeah. Why is he going after Joe Biden right now? Well, sleepy Joe at first, right? Then right. it was Joe may not be cognizant enough to do all this because he's you know Joe is Joe's Joe's starting to lose it. He slowed down. He's a lot. slowing down. Now he's now he's got the new so the latest October surprise, Chuck. And again, folks, remember, all this is built around the fact that the Democrats ran too far too fast. The left outran their cover. They started all these riots. What that's doing is bringing people out of the woodwork who were like, A, I don't believe in this. B, it's shameful that people are saying this is what represents our country. C, the fact that liberal Democrats, mayors and governors in various states and communities, are not just ignoring it, but condoning it and aiding and embedding this lawlessness and licentiousness that's coming is pulling people out of the woodwork. And, of course, the defund the police and attack everything about this country that's good is pulling people out of the woodwork. And, Chuck, it isn't just people whose skin tone looks like yours and mine. Oh, no. What we're starting to see is there is a massive shift starting to happen in the African-American community, in the Hispanic community, in the Asian-American community. And where's that shift heading? Straight to Donald Trump. Yeah, not to the Republican Party. Not to the party. Because they could care less about, most of them could care less about the party. Right. With the Donald Trump. I mean, just yesterday, big article came across. I think it was over in Breitbart. Uh, it's probably the only place you'll ever see it. It's sort of like the New York <laughs> Post or which we're going to talk about in a minute. Yeah. <clears throat> it's sort of like the New York Post article. The rapper and actor, Ice Cube. Ice Cube, yeah. Who frankly is not a bad actor. Okay, I've seen a couple of his movies. He's really not that bad. He's he's a whole lot better than Alec Baldwin, I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> if I had to pick between the two, or Rob Reiner, I'd pick Ice Cube. He came out and basically said all but that he was supporting and endorsing Donald Trump because he said Trump has done more for the black community and for advancing a the black, because the black chamber of commerce has got an agenda that they want to put forward, like yeah. a, a vision statement. He said Donald Trump has done more to actually get that done in the last four years and that the Democrats only paid lip service to them and didn't do a thing. Here's what the headline of Breitbart says.
1: Ice Cube. Trump implemented part of my contract with Black America. Democrats blew me off.
0: You couple that with the head of Black Entertainment Television coming out and saying he's voting for Donald Trump? Yeah. Because he's a businessman and he gets it. You come to Herschel Walker, uh, uh, Daryl Scott. I mean, you look at all of these figures in the African American community. Jim, I think Jim Brown. The former Cleveland Brown, actually, I think, came out the other day and said he was voting for Trump. Think about this, but but, you know, here's the deal: that's the tip of an iceberg, and that iceberg is saying that there are a lot of people, including many people who have to live in these inner city communities in Portland and in Seattle, and in Minneapolis and in New York City and in Chicago, who when the left and the left political leaders started saying, we're going to take money away from police and we're going to disband the police. What was their response, Chuck? Who's going to protect Who, us? We, yeah, that's the
1: first thing that came to my mind. The Democratic Party, the radicals in the Democratic Party, are driving voters from the inner city away
0: from Democrats.
1: From Democrats. and And when I say Democrats, I mean, for instance, Kamala Harris has been all about BLM and, and Anifa and all that stuff. Right. Look, they're sick and tired of white punks basically marching through their neighborhoods, helping to burn black owned businesses in the name of racial equality. Exactly. It's it, they're like, and, and the same people that they got elected into office are now saying, well, we're going to, we're going to defund the police. Are there, the logic goes like this. Have we been oppressed in the past? well, that's unarguable. Yes, we have been. Uh, how is it helping us to get out of this oppression by removing the police force, which is basically protecting us and allowing us to build our businesses in our neighborhoods? And the answer is, it's not. So therefore, what do we have to do? Well, we have to get somebody someplace who is going to listen to us to protect us and protect our businesses so we can function right. and and prosper. Everybody wants to see every neighborhood, every place prosper. But what happens when uh, neighborhoods where people of color live prosper? The first thing that happens is people crawl out of the woodwork. The activists crawl out of the woodwork and say, you're gentrifying our neighborhood. Uh, One of the things in Louisville that was bad that the the, uh, Black Lives Matter was going around and and attempting to force my other minorities, not necessarily black, other minority owned businesses to put signs in their windows that say that say things like uh, we've been complicit. We wouldn't support BLM. We've been complicit in uh, allowing the gentrification of our neighborhood. And it's bad. And they were supposed to put these up in their windows to, quote unquote, protect them from the mob. And I'm like, that's a mafia protection scheme. Yes, it is. Uh, Either you have this sign up in your window or we will burn it down or smash the windows or perform other forms of vandalism.
0: Once you take the sign, then it's, well, in order for you to keep it signed, there's rent on it.
1: There's rent. Exactly. You You have to make regular contributions to us. That's what's happening in those communities. They're driving away voters that they can normally count on because they have we talked about this way back and hold on we talked about this way back in the in the uh uh, primary season we We said they are running so far left that they're not going to bring this back to the to the center thank you
0: i that that was exactly where i was going to what they have done is they've not only outrun their cover see because their cover was their base of votes yes they've outrun their base of votes now problem for them is it doesn't matter one whit if any of those people go over and vote a pull a single lever for donald trump it's the fact that they will not be pulling a lever for a democrat that's right that's what's going to kill them trust me right now the democratic party is going out you talked about this well they're contacting voters trying to get them to not go vote I have and and they're not they're, they're not contacting their voters. They're contacting independents.
1: They're th- throwing uh, the the rank and file democrats have basically thrown their hands in the air and said the best we can do is not to vote at all. They, not to vote they, at all. They, yeah. some of them won't come over to Trump. Right. But but they are not going to vote for uh Biden, Biden Harris or Harris, absolutely should not. we say Harris Biden, Harris, Biden or, or <laughs> yeah, should we or
0: should we just say uh the whole Antifa movement and socialism. Yeah. They're not going to vote for it. Okay? If you're if you're the Democratic National Committee, you're the Biden campaign, you're Nancy Pelosi, you realize that's the end. You're done. Trump didn't have to win all those black votes and all those Hispanic votes and all those Asian American votes in the inner cities. All he had to do was get them to say, I'm not voting for you. Because what's Trump doing? He's running a base race, Chuck. He's going out to the coalition that put him in office in the first place. And he's picking up a lot of people. Yes. I know he's got four four votes coming from my house that he didn't have in 2016. You multiply that by as many as I know. Okay, you know me. I drive everywhere, right? I'm all over the state. I'm all over multiple states on a weekly basis. even in areas that I would consider purple, what I see is one or two streets where there's Biden signs. But in the rest of the community, when you go out and drive down and up and down the streets, there's Trump flags flying. There's there's handmade signs. There are pre-printed. There's 15 different, I've been counting, there's at least 15 different makeups of signage for the Trump-Pence team. Okay, Which means that Somebody's printing up a lot of those and they're either and they're either going because yeah. you know what the ones are from the campaign. You you can you know because they all buy one color, one seam, and it's that dark blue background with the white Trump pants on right. it twenty twenty right. in red. That's the official campaign yard sign. Now you know me, I hate yard signs because frankly they don't buy votes. But what they do tell you is something about how strong your support is already. Exactly. Based on that, this election's not even it's Remember? not even going to be close because you couple the amount of enthusiasm that's being shown right now publicly for Trump and whether it's yard signs or whether it's people driving up and down the highways in their vehicles festooned with Trump flags and Trump memorabilia or if it's the 30,000 automobiles that did an anti-Antifa rally in southern Florida, yeah, many of them, or if it was the boat. Uh, regatta boat boat parade regatta that went down the ohio river in my community with about (laughs) 120 boats all flying massive trump banners
1: and we had we had a big rally that drove around route 270 and we had a truck driver assault yes uh one of the uh parade participants and the guy uh i mean assault when i say assault he you he assaulted him with a deadly weapon his truck. truck his truck um and the guy essentially shot back now i would have thought twice about that nonetheless he he the truck driver admitted that he had driven people into the concrete barrier uh in the parade and he had done other things so uh the, the Prosecutor was trying to overcharge him in Franklin County Big Shock. Well yeah, Ron, um, yeah,
0: Ron O'Brien's always looking for a for another day in the press. Uh,
1: lurch Lurch strikes. Um and uh, um the uh uh essentially uh they were like, No, he he's got a self defense argument here. And I have a feeling that once that that is made public that uh, you know, should the guy be fined? Yeah, he probably should be because you you shouldn't be firing a gun into another vehicle on the freeway. Uh, there are maybe mitigating circumstances. I don't think in this case it, it was fairly slow moving. Um, nonetheless, you you've got that going on, and and you the enthusiasm. Let's put it this way, Barry: the enthusiasm is on the Trump side; it's not on the Biden side.
0: Uh, it's nowhere near the Biden side, and, and but you, you couple that, you couple the enthusiasm because honestly, Trump's done uh, one other thing. Yeah, there's a number of things that Trump's done better or first than anybody other uh, who's ever served as president or as a Republican. First of all, he hasn't gotten us into any wars. Right, and
1: in fact, he's backing us out, backing us wars. out of wars.
0: Secondly, he's kept the vast majority of the campaign promises he made to get into office in 2016, he's actually delivered on. That's that's shocking. Third thing is, he hasn't lost any significant portion of the base that got him there in the first place in 2016. No, he's built on it. He's built on it, and now he's built on it with folks who, like you and me, didn't ha- didn't have a trust level before, but are now saying, proof was in the pudding, okay, I'm ready to go there. And... He's been aided and abetted by the left to basically come out and shown what they really look like. Yes. To the vast majority of people, they had hoodwinked who are now waking up and saying, that's not what I'm supporting. And even if they just stay home, that's a win for Donald Trump. But yep. you know that there is a certain percentage, and that's the reason why I brought up Ice Cube, and I brought up um, Jim, Hershel, Brown and- Jim Brown, Herschel Walker, and all these other guys who are coming out and... And Kanye West, even though he's running for president himself, we all know sort what that of, was about yeah, <laughs> I think that was about another album coming out um but all these all these folks are coming out there, and they're basically saying this guy's done more for us than the Democrats ever thought of done, and it's time that we acknowledge that, even if that only brings ten percent over to Trump. That's ten percent that Joe Biden, and the Democrats, can't afford to lose. Period. That's right. Period. Which is the reason why they're desperate right now, Chuck, and the reason why, even though, and I know here we're going to talk about now, that yesterday's October surprise that hit Joe Biden's campaign hard really is just putting the pennies on the dead man's eyes. Okay, he's already dead in the water. But just yesterday, the New York Post newspaper. And you'll have to go to their website in order to get this because you won't be able to find it on Facebook or Twitter or any of the social media because for some reason, they're being blocked from from anybody, whether it's the newspaper, the writer, the article, um, even anybody else, are being blocked by the big media conglomerates, Facebook, Twitter, Google, from being able to post this up anywhere. I don't even think you can find it on Yahoo. Um, you just have to know the New York Post website and go over there and you can find it but a big revelation you see what you know you know the fbi has been investigating whether or not uh there was any kind of uh shall we say malfeasance in office from biden uh, in relation to his son being on the board of a foreign oil and gas company called burisma in the ukraine and for what was ever since the spring, when this has come up, Joe Biden has categorically denied ever talking to his son about anything to do with barisma. Oops, looks like Papa Joe was doing just a little bit of lying because son Hunter who's had his own particular problems uh with uh, cocaine and um um uh, well, he was thrown out of the Navy. And he was thrown out of the Navy for drugs and uh, and cocaine and uh, uh, maybe um, impregnating a stripper while he was married. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, th- this stuff all kind of comes up with Hunter. Well, it just so happens that Hunter Biden, Chuck, I'm just going to be quite blunt, He's stupid. He's an idiot. He had a laptop. Yeah. He had a laptop that had a problem. Takes it into a laptop place to get it fixed. They fix it. Hunter never shows up for it. He never comes back. Abandons it. He he basically abandons the laptop. Why? Let me go back to my initial point. He's stupid. Stupid. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the company, after a while, knowing that something's going on and they start hearing about all this investigation and everything, start getting a little nervous. and They're like, you know what? I think we better do the right thing here. They cloned his hard drive. Which you can do. Folks can if you oh, got, sure you can. I've you, done it. If you ever take a computer in to some place to get it repaired, you better hope that you're not like, uh, have a secret uh, stash of uh, of um, kitty porn or anything else on it because you will go to jail because they will check your hard drive. They'll find and, it. And they'll yeah. find it and they'll clone it and then they'll hand it off to law enforcement. That's what this computer repair place did. They cloned his hard drive and they handed it off to the FBI. <gasps> Surprise! There were a bunch of emails on there between... Hunter Biden and the president of Burisma talking about Hunter using his influence to get get a meeting with the vice president of the United States who just happened to be his dad Joe Biden that he'd be remunerated for. Chuck, although right now all we're seeing but I've heard there's more coming, the tip of the iceberg is that this guy is a this guy was a private company owner. If Hunter Biden Used his influence to try to set up a meeting with Daddy Joe, with any officials in the Ukrainian government. Then I would almost, with 100% metaphysical certainty, believe that Hunter Biden will be try will be okay. um, will be uh, tried, indicted, or excuse me, indicted, tried, and possibly convicted under the Logan Act. For representing a foreign government and foreign foreign influencers in U.S. government foreign policy, which is a massive note, you can't even do that as a public official. You know, we 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 have stated
1: this before, and I'll state it again. If he is convicted under the Logan Act, he'll be the first, first one, one since 1799. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but
0: it, it since since Daddy Joe did take a me okay now the whole thing is the biden campaign they had never done anything all of a sudden now they're starting to see the logs that in the time frame that this meeting was supposed yeah. to happen yep. joe's logs are incredibly silent they're about where he was and what he was doing yeah. and then joe biden comes around and he's bragged although now he's saying he didn't do it chuck he's bragged publicly on camera about using his influence with the Government of Ukraine to get them to put pressure on a prosecutor who was investigating the Burisma and their dealings, and who was going to be bringing them up on charges,
1: and who was fired,
0: and who was fired after Joe made the contact. Well, what he did, hold on, and what and he, he did he, was he, he threatened, threatened their foreign aid. He threatened a billion dollars in foreign aid yeah. being being basically withheld from the government should they not get rid of this guy. They did. Chuck, isn't that extortion? Oh uh, yes. Isn't that using your it's, public office for privately enriching yourself? I.e., your son, who was getting paid eighty five thousand dollars per month a, month. a month. Okay. Well, there's now new emails that's showing that he was trying to make these same deals. That Hunter was trying to make these same deals with Chinese energy companies and to Russian, the, to the tune of eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars a pop. And Russian. And Russian. Um, Gee, Russian collusion, Chuck? Is that what you're saying?
1: Yes. Well, okay. There, In, in a website called American Greatness, and I, I'm going to be right up front. This is obviously a, uh, a, a website with an agenda. Okay, sure. Um, let's be fair.
0: This isn't a radio program with any agenda. Mm, no, <laughs> no. On.
1: No, we don't have an agenda at all. Um, there is a headline that basically says members of Biden clan expected to give half their earnings to POP. Yeah. Hunter Biden text reveals. Who's Pop?
0: Oh, that's Joe. It's Joe.
1: <laughs> so, in other I, words. No,
0: wait a minute. Can I, can I range out with my kids that I get half their earnings? If only. Oh, man. If
1: only, <laughs> man. I'd retire tomorrow. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. If I got three kids, give each giving me half their income, baby. Jenny and I are uh, off to the the Caribbean. Off to Fiji, yeah, that's right. (laughs) But uh, here's what it basically says. Members of the Biden family allegedly had a specific system for distributing the money they earned through influence peddling. President Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, revealed on Wednesday, he's got all the documents.
0: Of course he does.
1: He's got all the documents. Now, could he have put a spin on it? Yeah, maybe. Uh, But here's the problem. The mainstream press is not going to let this out. Now, one of the reasons that Jack Dorsey gives for, and uh, get this, for uh, um, not the allowing it is, to yeah. be printed, it's the result of hacked um, hacked information.
0: You mean sort of like the Pentagon Papers, sort of like the Russian collusion yeah. documents? Don't,
1: uh, don't confuse me with facts, says Jack Dorsey. <laughs> <laughs> But the fact is, according to the smoking gun text on Hunter Biden's hard drive, yep. members of the Biden crime family, quote-unquote, that's what the, that's the, they, that's, the that's article, their editorial the poll, yeah. were expected to give half their profits to Pop, a.k.a. Joe Biden. Uh, several members of Biden's clan, including his brother James Biden, his sister-in-law Sarah, and his son Hunter, landed lucrative positions or contracts with foreign countries while Joe Biden was a U.S. senator, as well as when he served as vice president. Woo-hoo! That's been known for a long time.
0: It has been, but Joe's been denying it. And, of course, now his campaign saying, well, there's a possibility that there may have been a meeting.
1: Yeah, he's admitting the fact they,
0: that... They're not admitting it. They're saying that there might be a possibility. In other words, they're hedging all the way around. Okay, now, Chuck, again, they're out, they've outrun their cover. Yes. They've been blaming Donald Trump for the last four years for colluding with Russia. What it's starting to look like is that joe biden and the democrats remember who was the um state department director when joe biden was vice president who was dealing with burisma and the russians
1: oh gosh it was hillary, hillary. rodham clinton hillary I, I i went immediately to the justice department and yeah no not holder not no, no no Golder. not eric holder
0: hillary rodham clinton right okay folks the whole house of cards is probably going to come down because hunter biden isn't smart enough to pick up his laptop But then again, the left always outrun their cover. Chuck, their biggest fear right now, all Democrats, and you can see it in Nancy Pelosi's eyes, is they know what's going to happen. If they can't beat Donald Trump in November and they can't take the reins of power out of his hands and stick it in Joe Biden's or Kamala Harris's, 2022 will be the end of the Democratic Party. Yeah. Because they've unleashed the beast that's going to turn and kill them.
1: Uh, it's the old story there there uh there was a cartoonist named Vashti, I still remember in the sixties and he did a lot of stuff uh on world affairs and I can still remember um there is a uh cartoon that he he wrote uh, that he made and it was uh it was a picture of a kitten. the guy opens his door and he lets a kitten in the door and the year on the on the calendar is uh nineteen thirty and the kitten has on it uh, USSR, communism essentially communism. He yeah. welcomes welcomes it into his home, and then they go shoot the 1950. And here's the kitten has become a tiger, and the the man's tie that he was wearing when he let the kitten in the door is hanging out of the kitten the tiger's mouth. Right. That's what's happened. the 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 kitten that became a tiger is about to devour the people that accept it. And that is a major problem that people are, do see. Uh, it, it we have this October surprise. Uh, the news media is working double overtime to try to kill it. I don't think they're going to be able to. It's loose out in the in the corners of yes, the internet, in the more legitimate outlets as well. The legitimate uh, conservative outlets. That's right. Not just the the weirdo outlets like QAnon and that kind of stuff. Um And therefore, it's going to get traction whether they want it to or not. Yep. And they can paint it as a conspiracy theory and they can paint it as a stolen information. Listen, folks, take my advice. If you take a laptop in to be repaired and they repaired it and you don't come back to get it for 90 days, you know what they do with it? They clean the hard drive and they sell it because they got the money into repairing it. Yep. That's what's happened in this case. That's it became right. the property of the repair when it, place. When it's
0: abandoned, they take ownership. It's like a pawn shop. You don't come back for it, it's their property.
1: We put, we put assets into it, you didn't come get it, and it doesn't look like you're going to come get it despite multiple notifications.
0: So we bought it at fair market value at that point. It's ours. It's ours, that's right.
1: So, uh yeah, th- th- this uh these articles are going to start popping up more and more and more and more. And let's face it, the New York Post, although somewhat sensationalized generally a newspaper. Um, you know, uh uh headless body found in topless bar, that kind of stuff in the old days that you'd see those, <laughs> those headlines in the New York Post. Um the fact is that it is a legitimate news operation and they have they have come across this and they're willing to print it unlike the New York Times. So, uh, whether it's uh quote unquote hacked or not means nothing. It's, it's legitimate information. Um, let's let this play out and hope it plays out as quick as, as it can between now, because let's face it, the stuff that should have played out by now, and that is the, the multiple violations of law by the FBI and national intelligence agencies, is not going to get anything done about it until after the election because of, quote-unquote, influence in the election. I'm laughing about that. The real influence in the election is doing nothing. And Bruce Orr, for instance, was allowed to resign from the FBI rather than being fired. That kind of thing just drives me insane. Well, that being said, you know what we think, and we want to know what you think. www.principledpolicy.com. That's principledpolicy.com. And join us again next week for another Principles and Policies.